Welcome back, folks. Hopefully during this Lenten season, you're getting to know yourself a little better. You may not like what you see, but it is a good project to know thyself. (laughs) One of the most discouraging and yet wonderfully illuminating part of the journey to self-discovery is to uncover what I often will call the ache. The psalmists claim that we live in a, in a dry and weary land where there is no water. That's out of Psalm 63. What he was simply saying is that we humans need more than what this world has to offer. That we all long for something beyond this place which means that there's nothing on this planet that can really quench your thirst, a thirst that's deeper than physical, Uh, nothing that can really satisfy your hopes or meet your expectations. The bottom line, and this is not a happy thought, but on some level, your life and my life will always suck a little. And that gives birth to what I call the ache. The ache is that um, unsettling gloom that we bump into deep within the sort of dark corridors of our souls. It shows its ugly head usually whenever we get quiet or silent or lonely or tired or hungry or bored or when we feel rejected or stressed out. It's, it's the thing we often um, call a discontentment or despair. And it arises in us. I mean, the, the truth is we all ache. Saint and sinner all ache. It's, it's, um, the ache is like the ambient noise in the background of any environment. It's always there, but we don't Always notice it until we really listen. Just for a minute, just stop. Listen. You're hearing sounds maybe from the heater or the lights. Things that you don't usually notice until you really listen. That's, that's where you start catching this ache thing. You Go ahead and turn off the TV and the radio and the computer and the phone and just sit still. we're just not used to stillness. And you'll discover that the ambient noise in you seems to intensify. Sometimes it's almost almost deafening. It's like that with the ache. Though it's always there, we don't notice it until we get quiet. Once we hit a place where we're stunned uh, by life and we're sort of thrown on our back foot or we sit in the wake of disappointment or we hit smack into a place of boredom, and the ache intensifies. Um, I think it's the main reason why most of us avoid quiet and silence. What's critical, though, is what we do with the ache once we sense it. Many are so afraid of their inner discontent that they try to ignore it, or they just try to drown it out with others, other noises. You know, noises like working harder or buying a new couch or surfing the internet or playing video games or watching too much TV, etc. Others try to anesthetize the ache with inappropriate and sometimes destructive activity like roaming into fantasy or lust or eating whole cases of Twinkies or going on unnecessary shopping sprees or participating in compulsive behaviors like drug or alcohol abuse. 
See, where do you run when you feel that achy thing inside? I wish uh, I could say that um, the ache completely leaves us when we come to Jesus, but it doesn't. It does happen when we cross the threshold of faith um, that we get insight that can help us channel the ache into something positive. But the Christian way of life does not resolve our inner aching. I mean, I know that there are lots of Christian people who claim they never experience anything other than eternal bliss in their souls, that every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before, uh, that their faith is always ecstatic and unwavering, glorious, you know, that bubbles inside them and their bosoms all the time, always clean, forever effervescent, and that they never are encroached upon with doubt. But they're lying or heavily in denial. See, I believe that that we should be really open about and recognize. I would even suggest we should protect and even cherish that ache that's in us as a gift. If you keep in mind that the ache points us to eternity, you will want to protect it and cherish it because it's filled with the promise of encountering God with those of us that will tolerate the pain of it, right? Um, Here's some positive things to do with the ache. I mean, you can practice identifying the ache when it's most present in times where you're tired or hungry or angry or disappointed. Identify, say, wait a minute, I'm, I'm disconcerted here. Something, Something's off here and you're not freaked out by it or think you're not saved because it's there. It's just part of you. So identify. And then secondly, watch which direction it pushes you. You're looking for the wisdom that's in this. Um, One of the reasons I think God forgives us so easily and doesn't make it a big deal is so that we can look back and say, what actually happened so that we can gain some wisdom? And what do you do when you ate? Do you just turn on the TV and veg out? Do you entertain yourself with sinful thoughts? Do you jump into criticisms? I mean, what do you do? Watch what happens, right? It's important to gain the wisdom of what you get triggered to, the places where you hide when things don't feel right inside you. And recognize that is your way. That's what you do. It does, I mean, it's probably not appropriate necessarily, but the ache is there. It's what you do. Then watch um, the pattern of how this works in you so that you can recognize it and then move to look for the grace that will help you refuse what you normally do, especially if it's being naughty, right? And then reinterpret that ache instead of it being the thing that triggers you into evil where you go, I know this, I have to do this. Oh, I know this, I'm going to buy another chair. Instead of doing that and giving up, say, God, I need your grace to reinterpret that ache as a reminder of the fact that I have this deep need for God. Reminder that I'm living in a land where there is no water, at least the kind that will really quench me. Remind us of the fact that we will always have a longing for something different than what's here. There's a longing for the loss of Eden, right, on some level, and a longing for the new creation. You read the end of the book of Revelations, it describes this time when, when God and human beings will be together. There's something in us that's, that's, that's tattooed in our souls that wants that, and so we have this ache for that. The ache isn't for evil, it's just there 
reinterpret it, and then ask God for help to embrace the ache in a way that will help you stay motivated to receive the grace so that you can do appropriate grace-filled activities. See, when the ache comes into marriages or friendships or jobs, lots of people run um, when it does, and they run into things that are destructive, like a divorce or distancing themselves from others or just quitting the job. Uh, but what if, what if we're to see the ache as a call to get fresh legs and a, and a new heart and new perspective with God's perspective? And then if we have ache in the marriage, we just don't write it off. But we say, wait a minute, there's an ache here. Marriage will never fulfill me completely, but how can I bring God's heart into it? How can I bring, how can I bring an appropriate way of friendship into this friendship? All friendships on some level enter the level of the suck. They all have problems. But instead of just abandoning them, saying, God, as I feel the ache, help me lean into you and show me what to do. Show me the next right thing, right? A, a job, the circumstances. Walking into those things with, a, with the fruit of the Holy Spirit, where you're walking with love and joy and peace and kindness, which means you're disposed to showing favor and goodness and self-control. In other words, looking at our lives and when, when we enter those places of achiness, instead of just letting the ache spill us into things that are wrong, we start looking for the right thing, righteousness, is really just the next right step. And then lastly, recognize that you will ache till you die. You'll never get fixed from the ache. You'll always continue to struggle till then. The, the good news is the process of the ache, if you process it with your faith, you'll end up struggling well instead of struggling badly. Christians are not perfect people. We're redeemed people which means God is committed to um, sort of uh, composting our garbage and <laughs> growing a garden from it, right? But we, we're an achy people. We live in a world that's broken and we all come from the land of broken toys. Knowing this will keep you humble before God. And it sort of keeps us kind toward outsiders who are acting badly, right? Because we know that, that uh, they may be struggling badly, but that doesn't mean that, that God won't move in their lives. See, we may not be able to save the world ourselves, but we can show people an alternative way to deal with the ache, one that highlights the role of the one who does save. So let's take a few minutes, gather around the tables, and let's talk about this, and talk about this issue of the ache and what you do with it. We'll see you back on the big screen next week.